0: This is Andre, and I'm with Richard Graham from Good Thinking, who's given a keynote here at MindTech, um, Harnessing the Fire. So, you're kind of highlighting initially, Richard, some of the real kind of dangers and threats of digital technology, and then really talking about what we can do to um, try and encourage digital well being, particularly in our young people. So, tell us about some of the kind of the negative issues, the disorders, the problems that get reported 90% of the time in the press, first of all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I started off in this sector because I was working with teenagers who were playing multiplayer online games, and some of them really were running into difficulties where it was disrupting their, first of all, their education, then their physical health, sleep, obviously, and it had such a grip on them and such a power, I guess, that's where the metaphor of fire comes in helpfully, um, that I thought it could really affect their life course, their, their life chances, if we weren't able to help them find a better balance Um, and then as I got into that of course I then started discovering about some of the risks in terms of e-safety, some of the problems of bullying or exploitation and over the sort of latter part of my career I guess I was wanting to learn more and then be talking with industry as well as policy makers about how we can preserve the good and all those opportunities but not let young people in particular when they're still developing and all that neurodevelopment is going on strain to uh, areas that might actually change things in, in a negative way. Of course, as with the digital age, everything is always changing and I guess where I started... You know, there was, you know, if there was social media, it was Bebo or MySpace, and then Facebook came and then Twitter came, and everything was much more simple. I think even at that time, um, the business model that was funding, really, the development, wasn't established. So although we're now in an era where we might think of persuasive design, which is to keep you on screen so that advertisers know you're looking at their adverts and therefore, in time, buying their their products, that that wasn't there. So we were thinking much more simply, I think, about a model that was largely about rewards and social interactions in quite a pure way, but the commercial dimension has changed a lot now. So I guess when I'm working with young people, they're coming with ideas about how to thrive in the digital economy not just the digital world they don't just want to be successful in game and recognized but they want that to be something that might lead to a career or financial gains that actually help them have a good life too so with that i was starting to sort of think we're not really supporting them enough in helping them um, find ways forward education Helpfully, in some ways, had gone back to a focus on attainment, so it would reduce inequalities. But in areas like maths and English, which are still hugely important, but not necessarily the whole sort of um, underpinning of the digital economy. So, listening to that, I thought, you know, I really wanted to start thinking about not only how to support them and develop skills and knowledge and confidence in terms of use of tech, Um, but also think in a broader way about well-being. And that's where my work with good thinking has, has been really helpful because, again, over the course of the last decade, I've grown much more interested in well-being. People like Gregor Henderson, terrifically influential for me in terms of reminding me, as we were just hearing from Sonia Livingstone, about all those other determinants of health that are outside of you. They're not to do with neurochemicals or genes in the same way that we might think of certain mental illnesses um, and those can make a real difference and then sort of the strand that then comes in which has been really helpful is listening to psychologists used the techniques of behavioural activation in their work so even the cognitive behavioural therapy that you know, was so dominant in the last 20 years was shifting to just getting people to do things that were personal for you but rewarding and you were active and all those sort of areas that come with activity were having really positive benefits. So I feel like I was kind of blending a sort of need to sort of... Um, Focus on the future and, and help young people prepare prepare for it, and, and sort of forge a sense of a, an identity they could inhabit that was successful, with respecting our psychology and biology sufficiently to maintain health and well being. Um,
0: and give us a sense of how you do that clinically with a young person who's maybe in a, a difficult situation with digital technology and perhaps their family. What kind of advice would you give? Well. I think often it's quite simple what happens, which
1: is you start to have more detailed conversations about what's going on. So, again, when people talk about games addiction and games disorder obviously now being recognised by the World Health Organisation, it's still rooted in that sort of chemical addiction model. But actually when you talk to them about their motivations and activities and even some of the rewards, which are far more about uh, social connection than they are about uh, strategic gameplay... You then start to help the parents and them think about it, and in a way, I guess a lot of what happens in therapeutic work is increasing awareness yourself about a process or a problem, and then you can start to have much more informed discussions about it. It might even be around you know some of the other risks around bullying and so on, but again, with that, you know enabling someone to think through become aware of what's actually happening rather than feeling distressed and not knowing how to manage it. You know, again, enables a conversation, hopefully, that empowers or enables them to start to make decisions. So one of the cases I quoted was a, of a young man who wanted to be a professional gamer. Now, I'd first of all want to know what he's doing about it, and secondly, how good is he? Um, Because if somebody had told David Beckham at school, you know, not to bother and to focus on his maths and English, I think the nation would have lost out. So, you know, one's got to be quite open to those realities um, and really looking to just have more intelligent conversations, be more alert and aware to what's happening, to remain steady in the face of some of the anxieties. I mean, another member of the... um, Conference spoke about the the dark net or the dark web. I mean, my sense is a lot of young people go and have a look, think, yeah, it's okay, and then they go back to doing what they do. And it's not a main threat in their lives. Um, Some of them describe it as a bit like Amazon, which is probably not flattering to either. So, um, yeah, uh, but, but, you know, absolutely wanting the young people of the world and especially our country... To be as best equipped as we can help them to be for this world that we don't yet know what it will be like. Thanks a lot for talking to me.
0: Thank you.